G'day, it's Tim Brunero here, host of the MEU podcast. Now, while I'm wrapping up the next full episode of the podcast for you, I thought I'd go back into our archives to pull up a piece that we did way back in July 2020. As you no doubt know, some of the most shocking disasters our industry has seen occurred in July, and nobody quite knows why. Back in 2020, I spoke with former General Secretary Andrew Vickers about how they occurred and what lessons we've learnt since then. I started by asking Andrew about the terrible events of July 1902 at the Mount Kembla coal mine, which began with a huge explosion heard 11 kilometres away. 96 men and boys died in the Mount Campbell disaster in 1902 in what was to be the worst industrial disaster in Australia's uh, history. A subsequent inquiry found that there were dangerous methane gas levels in the mine and the source of ignition was the naked flames which were used by the miners uh, to see underground. The bulleye seam in which the disaster occurred uh, is a notoriously gassy seam. This disaster followed an earlier disaster in the same seam at Old Bulleye Colliery in 1887 where 81 men and boys were killed. The shock to the nation was so great, the New South Wales Parliament suspended sittings. 96 men and boys killed. Incredible. It was to be about 70 years before July became deadly again, in 1972 in Queensland at Box Flat near Ipswich. At about 6pm on the 30th of July, a fire was detected underground. A team went under to check it out. A second team went in some hours later to try and make temporary seals, and it was then that a tremendous explosion shattered the mine. Here's a local describing what happened that morning. Oh, someone was screaming out on the road, that's right. It was old Merv Jensen, the old super, laying in the middle of the road with a brick in his head sideways. I can still see it. And Battery said, well, it's your bloody turn this time, Waldo. I'll hold him, you pull it out. And we didn't realise at that stage that the fellas over in the belt tunnel over the road they were blown to pieces. And uh, we were only concerned about number seven. When she blew, we got bits of bodies in the in the lake. But they were picking up with the scoop and picking up. And I think the least said about that, the better. That's eyewitnesses from the Box Flat disaster speaking as part of the documentary Blood on the Coal, which you can find on YouTube. Of the 18 men killed, eight were members of the rescue squad that had been called to the mine when the fire was detected. In the face of danger of further explosions arising from the raging fire, the grim decision was made to seal the mine, leaving 14 victims entombed. A funeral service was held at the top of the mine. Andrew Vickers remembers that day well. When the box flat disaster took place, I was a cadet mine surveyor at the Gunyola Open Cut Mine in central Queensland. Box flat was pretty close to my heart because my father had worked there uh, prior to becoming Queensland Secretary of the Miners' Union. I had two uncles who were employed at box flat at the time of the disaster, and uh, yet another uncle, although working at a different mine, uh, was a member of the Mines Rescue Brigade. There had been a fire underground and attempts were being made to uh, seal the fire off to starve it of oxygen. The ventilation fan, which had been turned off uh, over the weekend, um, when it was turned back on, methane-laden air was pulled back over the fire 
that led to the initiation of the explosion. The end result was that 18 men were dead, 14 of whom were entombed, never to be recovered. And of the 18 men who died, eight were members of the Mines Rescue Service, or as it was known at the time, the Mines Rescue Brigade. As a result of the tragedy, personal filter self-rescuers were introduced for all underground miners. Gas chromatographs were placed at the surface of mines to analyse mine gas samples, and modern-day firefighting equipment was installed underground. Despite these measures, tragedy struck again seven years later at the Appen Mine in New South Wales. An underground explosion three kilometres from the pit head and 600 metres underground killed 14 miners. In the Appen disaster, 13 men died underground. It was in the same seam as uh, Mount Kembla. An inquiry led by uh, former judge Justice Gorham found that uh, methane had built up in the mine and a fault in an underground auxiliary ventilation fan initiated the gas explosion. The gas explosion then propagated a coal dust explosion that very fortunately was limited by stone dusting and installed water barriers. Had that stone dusting and water barriers not been installed, the death toll most likely would have been much greater. In 1986, July turned deadly again, this time in Queensland at Maurer. I was district president of the Coal Miners Union in Queensland when the, the disaster at Maurer number four occurred. Initially, um, there was some conjecture as to whether or not it was a, uh, a wind blast or whether there had in fact been an explosion. Uh, history confirms, of course, that there was indeed an explosion. The subsequent investigation and inquiry um, confirmed that there had been a large fall of roof uh, displacing methane gas which had collected in the roof, methane being lighter than air. And uh, indeed, after scientific investigation, um, that the most likely source of ignition was a uh, locked flame safety lamp which was used to actually detect methane in underground coal mines. It had been in use for over 100 years. It's still in use um, in some places throughout the world. But, and there still remains a lot of conjecture as to whether or not um, the uh, lamp itself was a source of ignition or whether it was some other source. After it was concluded the most likely explanation for the explosion was a flame safety lamp, they were withdrawn from service. The locked flame safety lamp was withdrawn following the inquiry almost immediately throughout mines in Queensland and slightly more slowly removed throughout New South Wales. It is still used throughout the world and there is some degree of romanticism attached to the locked flame safety lamp. It's uh, almost universally uh, a symbol of uh, underground coal mining. Uh, if you see a, a photo or a, a copy of a lock flame safety lamp, you know that the person has some association with, uh, with underground coal mining. But there's little or no doubt uh, in my mind, certainly, that the lamp was the cause of the source of the ignition. And as I said, that's been uh, confirmed by scientific investigation. That was former General Secretary Andrew Vickers talking about Deadly July. That's one from our archives from way back in 2020, and I certainly hope you have a safe July this year. We'll have another episode for you soon. Talk then. You've been listening to the Mining and Energy Union podcast. 
bringing you news, investigations, history, and interviews to empower mining and energy workers. Subscribe for monthly episodes via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.